welcome back to the show. Now, I know you've all been waiting with bated breath seven days for the conclusion of the Cook It Cup 1986 review. I'm back with Terry Canova. How are you doing today, Terry? Happy to be here. Excited to finish this big tournament and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Who's going to get the million dollar prize? Who is going to win? So, without further ado, let's go straight into quarterfinal number one. The huge showdown between the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. So, um, Eaton or Cornette had a great, great looking hug on the outside before this one got going. Just classic heel stuff from Cornette. Um, and I think Eaton might have even taken Brett Sawyer's mullet crown from last week with his flowing blonde locks. Party <laughs> on the back, 100% business on top. Just a sight <laughs> to behold. Great, great stuff. Um Speaking of great stuff, there was a superb spot where Condry threw Eaton at Hawk from the top rope and Hawk just caught him as if it was nothing and hit the power slam. <laughs> um, out of nowhere, the eight-minute mark, Cornet was caught in the act of hitting Animal in the back while running the ropes with his tennis racket, and that was it. The Road Warriors advanced by DQ, uh, and unfortunately, you couldn't see on the tape as to whether the ref turned just at the right time to see it, so the spot probably didn't have the impact that it did live. But a slightly iffy finish here to get rid of a team without a pin, especially obviously the NWA World Tag Team Champions. Albeit I had less of a problem with this one than I did the Phantom Rock and Roll Express DQ early, um, earlier, I should say, or last week. It's hard to rate these matches in the traditional sense. It's definitely missing something without commentary, albeit the crowd was solidly behind everything. And the production's not bad either. It's just, it's just different, as we talked about last week with lots of handheld ringside cams um, and, the, and the use of the hard camera quite sparse. Right, what do you think about the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express here? Well, I, I'm going to go into my spill that, that, I, that I share with you guys once every couple months for our new listeners. Yes. <clears throat> you, you, you really have to take yourself back to the 80s to appreciate some of these finishes. We're, we're so spoiled nowadays and everybody wants to grade matches because of the the high flying stuff and the great moves <clears throat> in the 80s the most important thing for us and and again i was i'm a huge 80s wrestling fan i knew the stuff was predetermined yeah but you had to suspend disbelief you had to really buy in to the hero beating the villains so for us at this time, the, the finish like we saw last week with, with, with the, the DQ or the, the finishes we've seen from time to time where, the, where the, the good guy takes the foreign object and hits the bad guy and he covers him and he gets to three and he raises his hand and the crowd's going wild and then the foreign object falls out of his hand. Yeah. You know, Today, people on the internet would lose their minds. <laughs> but back then, because we didn't see wrestling every night of the week and we didn't have, you know, it, 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 it was just different. And so, so finishes like this at the time were not, it, it was heartbreaking at times. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, when, when, when you thought you, you, your favorite wrestler was going to be a world champion. And then it got reversed by the stupid referee, but, but it, 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 it was what it was. And, and it wasn't uh, an, an atrocity, like, like, like it might be these days. And so I thought this was, this was a solid match. 
obviously somebody has to win, somebody has to advance, and somebody has to lose. And this is a, this is the perfect way to keep the heat on both teams and, and let one move on and, and look forward to the next feud for the other. Yeah, indeed. I've just seen a just seen a pizza being delivered to my house. I presume my wife's uh, ordered, which I'm not. I'm not in on by the looks of things. I hope there's going to be some of that left for me when I get downstairs later on. We went to. It's not Mother's Day in the states today, is it? Is that in May for you guys? I sure hope not. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> If it is, I did just make my wife a Bloody Mary. So oh, well, that's day. nice. Yeah, that's nice. So it's Mother's Day here in the UK. So I went to see my mum today. But we happy were, Mum's we were, Day. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. We were promised, we were talking about getting a takeaway pizza at lunch. My, my niece was down. And then my mum got, I'm sure she won't be listening to this, so I'm not, I'm not no risk of this. Uh, but she'd bought some pizzas. And it's like, that's not really the same thing, is it? So I was looking <laughs> yeah. for, for some, some pizza hut, which I think has just turned out. So I'm, I'm hoping... That there's going to be a few slices left for me when I finish. So fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, we we had vegan pizza because my my niece is vegetarian, but my mum took it even a step further and got vegan pizza. Actually, very nice, but yeah, not not quite the same as like a mighty meaty pizza heart or whatever right. it is. No, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, quarterfinal number two up next: Terry Taylor and Doctor Death versus the Koloffs. Um, Williams, hugely impressive in the early going. He press-slammed Ivan and even managed to get a couple of reps in the air, which was just a, a really phenomenal sight. Um, Taylor had the match won just under five minutes, but a different, uh, but a different, but just, oh, but a different, but just as useless referee was distracted. Um, and as we talked about last week, one of the great things about this show was how much you could hear from the ringsiders and the wrestlers themselves. Um, and as if on cue, a loud fan nearby shouted, what are you doing, ref? What are you doing? It's like, it's like perfect, perfect, quite polite, but still stick it to the ref. Um, I really loved Ivan going into a neutral corner days and then realizing his partner wasn't there for a tag. And that is definitely a spot that they should bring back to modern wrestling because it just it was just so brilliant. And it's yes. just it, it wasn't hokey either, it was just like this guy's been beaten down, he's just like he's struggling. It was just really, really good. And um, Nikita made it in and got frustrated, uh, got frustrated with Williams mocking of his pose down, which got a ginormous USA chant from this crowd. Um, at two hours and 28 minutes of the entire network version, they very briefly cut to a completely square on hard camera that then they immediately cut back from. So this camera was there in perfect position all night. They didn't use it. And as you can tell, I'm obsessed with the position of these cameras. Um, Williams hit a great drop kick, like a cruiserweight on Nikita while he was posing again. Again, the people of the Superdome just ate this up. Um, Nikita challenged Williams for a test of strength and then shouted some stuff, which I guess was supposed to be in Russian, but I'm quite sure it was absolutely not. And then a kind ringsider shouted, come on, Doc, you've got this. Oh, you, baby. It's like, so good. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I wish, I wish um, Bill was around for that because I think he'd have got a kick out of that one. Um, <laughs> we, we started the countdown in terms of time as the match went beyond the 17-minute mark. And it seemed to be kind of clear where this one was headed. Uh, and then the one-minute remaining mark, Nikita had Taylor in a bear hug and the crowd could sense the urgency. Um, Taylor made the tag, but the referee, the useless referee, didn't see this uh, behind his back. Ivan came off the top rope on Taylor, but he kicked out. And the match ultimately ended in a 20-minute draw, eliminating both teams. I actually really like this. I'm not I, I'm not um, anti-draws. I think draws is a sports thing. You get draws in sports. This is a sport. I'm, I'm cool with this. Um, and, and actually, some uh, what, probably there was one just before Christmas, um, Brian Danielson um, 
Hangman Adam Page is a 60-minute draw on television, which is superb. Probably my second favourite match ever is a draw, actually, funny enough, between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. So I'm, I'm happy with draws. Like, draws is a thing. We're no problem with this finish whatsoever. Um, after the bell, Williams went to work on both Koloffs until Kochenko came in and made the save and the tables were turned. Um, and as I said, presumably that means that there'll be some buys going through to the finals here. What did you think of this uh, Koloffs versus Taylor and at Dr. Death match? Yeah, so- solid match. And, and, and like you said, the, you know, the draw is, is, is a good, good finish right now because we've had a couple DQs. Uh, you know, we, we got to get to the end of the tournament. And, and obviously both of these teams aren't penciled in for, for the finals. Yeah. So it's, it's a good way, good match. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned suspending disbelief earlier. Uh, I had a hard time just suspending disbelief on Nikita's uh, Russian accent. <laughs> for, for, for whatever reason, Ivan was, was viable. Yeah. Uh, Nikita, not, not, not so much, uh, not so much. But uh, he, he, he and Doc, you know, two, two of the, the, the strong men of the time, it's good to see them go toe to toe, and 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 Ivan to me, Ivan's just a a ring general. Ivan's yeah. really really good. So it was good good match, good match. Yeah, this was this was really really good. I thought. Uh, next up in more quarterfinal action, um, I was covering everyone's least favorite tag team, the New Zealand Sheepherders, yeah. <laughs> with Jack Victory versus the Fantastics. Uh, now this is this is an interesting one. I'll go, I'll go through the match and talk about why this was kind of such a sought after match in the eighties. So. Our heroes, the, the Fantastics, were looking great in silver and red jackets. Obviously, they pulled out all the stops of their outfits for this big uh, tag team title tournament or tag team tournament. Uh, Bobby Fulton started two USA chants, the second with far more anger than the first, and then asked the crowd to rise to the Pledge of Allegiance, which the crowd joined in really enthusiastically. Um, if I'd been the sheep herders, however, I'd have been asking the referee why they were allowed to do this on the outside after the bell had rang, because ah. they should have been counted out. But I guess they were too busy. I've written, I'm sorry, Terry. I guess they were too busy thinking about their next angry, unlistenable promo to, to <laughs> challenge the referee. So I've always got, obviously was in a bad mood watching this show. I don't think I was in a particularly bad mood. I did watch this with COVID though. So perhaps some of these things angered me a little bit more than they would have done normally. Um, Fulton was busted open by a shot to the ring post on the outside as a ringsider pleaded with the referee to DQ the sheep herders. Uh, then someone else said, Come on, Bobby, you can get up. You can do it. I initially <laughs> thought the guy had called him daddy, but then I realized, <laughs> I just come on, daddy, you can do it. Uh, rare compliment in coming for the sheep herders. They did a great job isolating Bobby after a brief rally and preventing him from making the tag. Uh, Luke was busted in here somewhere also, and Rogers eventually made it in for the hot tag as well. Um, the referee was bumped around the 12-minute mark as the four men continued to brawl. Butch got in Roger. Butch got Rogers with the flagpole in the back and then into the face before Fulton stopped him taking any more damage. Butch was then a victim of the flagpole as another referee appeared on the outside to help the original ref. And you could kind of sense where this was ending up as the bell finally rang in 14 minutes, 25 seconds. Um, and basically this eliminated both tag teams. You know, again, we're talking, you know, this is an ongoing feud. Clearly it wasn't, you know, on the cards for one of the, one of the teams to do a you know, straightforward job here. Um, Jack Victory's girlfriend appeared at ringside to help out and everyone continued fighting while the bell rang out a tortuous number of times. Yeah. Now, where is this? This is an interesting encounter. Um, Dave Meltzer was in attendance for this show and he gave this match five stars. So for this, this um, double disqualification, this was a five star match. Now, to put that into some context, 
I went back and watched all of the Dave Meltzer rated five star um, matches back in, well, the, what, around the first first lockdown. So this was the first this was the first match that existed on tape in in the United States. Am I going? Am I going to be right about this before I, I'm committing? Sorry, no. The second. This is the second match ever that was recorded in the United States that was rated five stars. The first was Barry Windham and Ric Flair um, from from basically Championship Wrestling from Florida, um, and the but the first the first all time match in America was another one that that um, Meltzer attended live, which was Flair and Butch Reed in Miami Beach, but no footage exists of that. So this was a huge deal. All the other matches, and we're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, six matches in between that first Reed and Flair match. Um, and the Wyndham and Flair, which was just before this, uh, the couple of months before, all of those were Japanese promotions. We had All Japan Women's, All Japan Pro Wrestling, and um, a New Japan match, the Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask match we talked about last last uh, last episode. Um, so this is a huge deal, and this was why this match was for the for the kind of newsletter and the kind of smart fans in the mid eighties. This was massively sought after and wasn't something that was immediately available. And I believe it was only available in highlight form for a long time until much later. This tape, this full production of this, was available. So yeah, this is this is historically really significant. And the readers, of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, also boasts this is the match of the year in nineteen eighty six as well. So what are your thoughts on? Sheep herders versus uh, the Fantastics here. You, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that uh, Mel, Meltzer gave this a five star. Uh, again, I was always one of these guys that loved the, the loved use of blood in matches, and mm. and and uh, the, I recall the first matches I came back and saw. And as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm I'm in the army at this time, so I saw none of this live, but. Uh, the sheep herders and the uh, fantastics, those Bob wire cage matches were some of the first ones that I saw. And so I knew about the feud and I knew about a lot of their bloody matches. Uh, and so it's interesting that, that, that this is given a, a five star, uh, I guess maybe I don't really watch matches as analytical mm. as, as he might. Uh, to, to me, if, if, if I'm going to pick a, a, a a violent, bloody match to be a five-star match. I would look at like uh, Tully Blanchard, uh, Magnum TA, the yeah. I Quit match, because uh, you know, along with the blood, you got a lot more suspense, and yes. you got a lot more, uh, you know, you got a lot of blood here. But 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 hearing Tully scream, you know, as as he's got that that you know, to to me that would be more of a five star match. Uh, but but I enjoy this for what it is a just blood and guts NWA style, uh, you know, everybody bleeding and just brawl till you know you can pull them apart for the last time. Yeah, I think this is definitely. Um, I don't know where Dave was sat for this show, but I think this is very much a time and place five star. I think. So if you're yeah. in there and you're like, this is this is this is an out of control wild brawl, you probably didn't get to see too many matches of this type. Maybe maybe very you know very rare at all. And I, I guess this is this is time and place, really, isn't it? And I think I I do understand it from from that perspective. But I also think, as you say, some of those classic matches from sort of eight, some of the flair stuff, eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, you do kind of wonder. But it's uh, you know I. I nowadays the, the system's kind of busted because lots of stuff gets five stars. 
which yeah. we shouldn't do because it's got to be somewhat memorable. And I've talked about this in the show before, but um, it's just one man. It's just one man, one one guy's opinion, isn't it? I suppose is is the thing. But it's um, it's just an interesting one in terms of this was the sort of tape traders' dream match from the eighties, and they just couldn't couldn't find it for years after this. Well, um, you know, it it it, it is interesting uh, that that you said time and place match because that's mm-hmm. true. I mean, can you only imagine sitting there and seeing that live? Yeah. I mean, holy smokes. You know, we, we've had a chance to see a lot of matches like this on TV. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, these guys are just, I mean, I've got it on my screen as we, as we talk. Yeah. And I mean, they're just a bloody, bloody mess. And it, yeah, I, I can imagine that for the time and, and being there, it being, yes. being special. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big difference. Um, so the final quarterfinal was next. The dream team of Tiger Mask and Giant Bubba versus Magnum TA and Roddy Garvin. Uh, we talked about foreheads. Crikey, Magnum's forehead looked like someone had rubbed sandpaper across his head, didn't it? I mean, this was about as blatant as it obviously you know could get. Um, I thought the crowd were in a bit of an odd hush for the start of this, um, and I don't think they felt they didn't they didn't seem to know how to react to Tiger Mask and Bubba. Um, which is kind of fair enough because, you know, they wouldn't have been super familiar with either of these two. And um, in the end, I just thought this was OK. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, but it had quite an impressive finish when Tiger Mask went to the top rope to go for a cross body block. But Magnum caught it and expertly reversed it into a belly to belly suplex for the win in nine minutes and 50 seconds. Um, and Bruce Pritchard explained that as only two quarterfinals had winners, Therefore, that was it. The semifinals are skipped and it would be Road Warriors versus Magnum and Garvin in the final. What did you think of this um, giant Bubba and uh, Tiger Mask versus Magnum and Garvin match? I I could see how the crowd would be a little subdued seeing giant Bubba walk to the ring. I mean, God bless him. But yeah, and and uh, and Magnum's uh, belly to belly finisher. It was it was really one of the good finishes of the time. Yes. Uh, You know, he just. He was so good. Like you mentioned, his forehead. I think the only person with a better forehead than him uh, in the Crockett Cup had to be Manny Fernandez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, he, he's just he's a, he's a great got a great look, uh, great wrestler. He's a great seller. Uh, and then his finishing move that belly to belly was 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 solid. Yeah, and the thing I liked about this, a bit like the diamond cutter and the RKO and things, and maybe to a slightly lesser extent, the stunner later on, because Steve Austin did hit that out of, uh, perhaps not so much of the stunner, actually, I'll take that out of that. But I felt like Magnum could kind of hit this from anywhere and he, he would he would improvise with it. And it was just such an over move. And it looks so, I think, because his stature and the way he delivered it was like, a, you know, the violence and the, you know, the aggression that he delivered that with, it was, it was a really good finish for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that is it for the um, for the tournament apart from the final. So we're having a, an interlude now with a couple of singles title matches. And first up, we had Mr. Unpredictable Dick Slater challenging Hacksaw Jim Duggan for the UWF North American title. Um, now, I'm not sure if the crowd was burnt out by this stage, but they, they just weren't super there for this one, which I thought was a little bit surprising. Um, at seven minutes and 20 seconds, they bumped the referee as Duggan kicked out of a pin and Slater landed on the referee um, and then quite blatantly kneed him in the back. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit perplexed as to what referee old Hebner thought was happening there. Did like he think that there was some like weird anti-gravity thing that um, <laughs> Slater had landed and got back up again and landed again. Um, at eight minutes and 50 seconds, Slater had Duggan tied up in the ropes. 
Hebner pushed him away. Um, Slater shoved him and then turned right into a Duggan spear headbutt for the pin in nine minutes and nine seconds. Um, this was odd because I thought the crowd would be all over this, but I didn't feel like they were super into this. And I just wonder if if a lot of these people, I mean, I would have thought most of that 3,500 people that were in the Superdome in the afternoon would have been there in the evening as well. So I just wonder how many, you know, how was this a long day in New Orleans, perhaps a few minutes, few too many beers, Everyone was just kind of a bit tired by this point, but it just wasn't quite there. What did you think of this uh, this North American title contest here? Yeah, you know, I agree because Hacksaw was super over. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. super over. But but you're right. You know, I, I remember uh, this might have been. Let's see, I got out of the army in '87, and I remember uh, they had a, an NWA show somewhere near where I was in college. And they were doing these TV tapings. Mm. And I remember those things lasting forever. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I guess, you know, in some sorts, it could have been the case here. You know, yeah. some of these matches just, just, it's almost sometimes it's too many. Yeah. Uh, I know thinking about this and, and, and I may get a lot of heat for saying this, but I've only been to one WrestleMania. Uh, but I remember being exhausted at the end of WrestleMania because there were so many matches. And, yeah. and even though the, the matches last or, you know, in theory, the main events and the, the bigger matches, when you when you go through all of those emotions for three hours, mm. you, you know, there's not a whole lot left sometimes. Definitely. And, and, and 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 just think of what they just watched that sheep herder match yeah. a, a little while ago. Yep. They probably all went and got had to go get a drink and a beer during Baba's match. And now they probably <laughs> just set, <laughs> they settle it, they just now settling back in and, and they probably just slap exhausted, I would think. Yeah, I agree. Which what sorry, I'm sure we talked about this on the show before, too, but I can't remember. Was it was it WrestleMania 30 you went to at the Superdome? I went to the one with uh, Ronda Rousey. Oh, uh, the second one. Yeah, that's the one I was there for. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. 34. That's Appendix Gate, that one. Yeah, yeah, I was there as well. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, 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 I didn't go yeah. to 30. I went to 34, um, which was decent, yeah. but it was long. It was long. And, and you, you saw it the, yeah. in, the, in the main event. The crowd wasn't into Lesnar and Reigns. Um, it was long, yeah. It was long. It was a long. I tell you what, it wasn't as long as New York, though, the, the year afterwards, because it was, we got there at, Crikey, we got there maybe an hour into the pre-show. I think we probably sat down about 6.15-ish. The pay-per-view started at 7, and the main event got in the ring at 10 past midnight. And it Oof. was... And all I can say is thank thank heavens that we sorted out transport back from um, uh, MetLife Stadium because we, we we went to the show in, Bro- in uh, Brooklyn the next day, which we changed hotels, and we're checking into the hotel, and on the local news was scandal outside WrestleMania as, as fans wait in the rain until 3.30am to get back from uh, MetLife because there's no transport out there because basically Oof. I think the WWE had not told the new, whatever it is, the Port Authority bus people that they were going to go as late as that. So all the buses, because oh. I think I've been to um, Old Meadowlands there once before the arena and like you just got a bus into Manhattan but that all stopped. So you had 80,000 people stuck basically if you're not driven or pre-booked so yeah not not great and it's just ubers all you could do is uber and wait basically so yeah not the best and also that was outdoors with no roof i don't know why did they build that stadium with no roof in new york money i suppose but it's it's, money but it does yeah it's bizarre it makes no sense and as it was it wasn't it wasn't super cold it was probably 
in in Fahrenheit, I'm thinking like maybe low 60s by the end. So it was bearable. But by the by the bell, you could feel the rain in the air. And it was raining by the time you got out. So if it had been raining, I mean, the, the ring wouldn't have got wet because they were covered. But it would have been a nightmare. If, if that rain had come in an hour or so beforehand, it would have been a disaster, basically. Ugh. So, Ugh. yeah, thankfully not. Um, Okay, so next up, NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Ric Flair defending against Dusty Rhodes with special guest ring announcer Paul Bosch. Now, how much did he look like Boyd Pierce? It's like his his (laughs) long-lost twin, wasn't it? Um, He he looked a lot like him. He really did. He really did. Uh, He looked great in a nice deep red jacket and pattern tie. Uh, Baby Doll was in Dusty's corner. And thanks again, how the, the brilliant Mike in this show, we could hear almost every word of her encouragement to Big Dusty, uh, which wasn't yeah, at it, all it, aggravating. Yeah. That was something I noticed too uh, with the mic and with her. And also in the match before, Dick Slater, you could hear him. He he makes a lot of noise throughout yes. the match as well. His, his you know, <laughs> his breathing. Yeah. 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 Lots of noise. Um, so Flair hit two knee drops that missed by about a light year in here and somehow Dusty came up bleeding. Did you spot this spot? Like he just was nowhere near and Dusty went to the outside, gigged himself and got back and he was bleeding. Oh, I, I missed it. And, and I'm one that I, I often look for that. You yeah. know, I, wanna, I, I like to see him roll over and cut them. So like just now in the fantastic match, I, I saw Tommy, Tommy Rogers pull out his gimmick and uh you know wait to get hit by the pole and you know <laughs> but 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 i did miss dusty i, I must be exhausted too uh, yeah well, it's a long old show. Show. did yeah. you watch this in one part or did you watch it in two it, it, like i said i've watched it multiple times mm. and, and it'll it'll be like i'll put it on and then maybe fall asleep and yeah. then go back from where i stopped and i'll put it on and go do something else so it's it's kind of you know hit and miss a lot yeah, I watched it in two because I, I I got to probably about 90 minutes ago and I was like, I need to have a break here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a long show, isn't it? Um, Flair was busted later in the match at around 13 minutes by way of his head being thro- thrown uh, into the ring post on the outside. Um, shockingly, after a very long 90 minutes, they bumped the ref. Dusty got a visionary pin. Baby Doll tried to help the ref back in. Flair took off Dusty's boot and clobbered, it, clobbered him with it. Dusty somehow kicked out of this. Flair and Baby Doll then wrestled on the apron, and Flair turned into a shot from the boot from Dusty that led to a disqualification. I've written, goodness me, what a turd. I didn't like this. <laughs> what did you think of Dusty? Joe, we, we watched that WrestleFest one where they had a kind of similar match for a bad finish. I'm just thinking, how many Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair matches existed with a finish like this? So, yeah, well, I wasn't a fan. What did you think of this, this title match? I mean, I, I'll be I'll be honest. Um, maybe if if it were 1986, I would I would absolutely pay to go see this match. Yeah. But to today, I, I would never seek out a Dusty Rhodes Ric Flair match. No. Uh, to when when I watch the Starcades, I'll watch the. The, the hell I'll, I'll even watch the boogie woogie man matches just to watch him get color but 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 the dusty Rhodes and rick flair matches just do not do anything for me at all no, i agree and so that's probably why i missed that that um miss miss move and and i just I, i'm just they don't intrigue me at all no i agree there's this i don't think they've got i'm sure they probably some good matches between these two that are out there but i've not seen them and i, I feel like they, they, the chemistry is not just not there and the finish is always bad so it's just 
Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather Flair pinned him with his with his hands in his trunks or you know so on feet on the ropes, anything. Just get out of it another way other than this. If you have to, if you have to protect Dusty. Um, well, I think in 1980, uh, and again, like you said, there may be some good matches out there, but the reality of it is, in the 1980s, these are the two best talkers on the planet. Yep. Yep. And so they will talk you into buying a ticket. And, and they will sell those tickets and those seats will be sold. And then whatever happens in that match happens in the match. And, and you know, all we're looking for is whose hand's going to get raised for the belt. Everything in between is almost extra. You know, it, it was just these are two guys that would just talk you into the building. And, you know, Dusty's got his little charismatic moves he'll make that, that you know, you'll cheer for and. And, and Rick will sell a little bit, but but you know, other than having anything dynamic, there's just not a whole lot there. No, no, I agree. I agree. I was just looking up when Dusty um, at last had the world title because I wondered if people had any kind of intrigue that he was he was going to win. And he hadn't been uh, world heavyweight champion. Um, is this right? Since 81? 1981? Is that right? Did he, is that the last? Just, just scrolling up. World television champion. Three, yeah, he hadn't been he hadn't been world champions at this point since September 1981. So you kind of think, wow. um, you know, is is there is there a lack of intrigue? So I remember much much later when Shawn Michaels came back, there was always a thing that went around that he you know he didn't want to be he didn't want to be the champion, he didn't want to be world champion because it's too much pressure on him. So he won it very briefly, but then all of the challenges after that, I always felt well, he's not going to win because he's gone on record and said. He doesn't want the title, and he ne- and it never deviated. He never he never had a world title again for that long run between two, the end of two thousand two, and he had it briefly to his retirement in what twenty ten. Multiple, multiple, multiple challenges, multiple feuds with the champion, never won. And I wonder whether this is guy he, d- he did have the title briefly in eighty six in July and August for fourteen days, but that was that was it. I'm quite surprised about that. I thought that um, I thought that Flair and um, Flair and uh, F- sorry flair and Rhodes done a starcade match for the title but maybe i'm maybe i don't know yeah maybe i'm wrong about that perhaps i'm thinking of harley race but yeah because yeah, wasn't there, there was a there's a flair for the gold maybe that was harley race yeah i think that was um i think that was i think that was um it was it was race wasn't it rather than rather than Rhodes. but i thought they'd done a match at i thought what did they do? i did too I yeah did main too. event of starcade 85 was flair and um Flair and Dusty Rhodes um, for the title in the main event of that. Um, but <laughs> Rhodes defeated Flair by disqualification. So there you go. That's good. Starcade 85. And I think Starcade 84, um, let's have a look, was also Flair and Dusty. And what did they do in that one? Um, Rick Flair defeated Dusty Rhodes. By referee stoppage, so back back to back Starcade. So yeah, I will. I, yeah, I, I I thought in my mind that um, Dusty must have been the, the champion in one of those and Flair won, but um, obviously not. So Clarky ended in a Starcade with, with Dusty Rhodes winning by DQ. I can't like it's not. That's just madness. I don't I don't understand. But a different time, a different time. Yep. But then that company was always a bit funny. That's not the show to do a DQ on. That's the show that you're going to... If that, if you want Dusty Rhodes to be champion, you switch the titles. If you want Flair to be champion, then you have him beat him. But yeah, it's just um, an odd one. But anyway, we move on from dodgy, dusty finishes to the final of the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup, 
for $1 million and a lovely trophy, Magnum TA and Ronnie Garvin versus the Road Warriors. Um, and I am sad to say that I don't think the crowd was there again for this finale. Um, and I, I think perhaps not knowing who to cheer for um, or perhaps just them consuming too much product over the course of that day. Now, that product might have been um, wrestling product or alcoholic product or whatever, but it's it's going to be a long day for, uh, you know, uh, let's say a quarter of this. No, what would it be? Four, eight, 12. So maybe a third of this crowd was there all day or, or, or getting on for a third. Um, and I thought the finish in this came out of nowhere in nine minutes and 49 seconds. Animal tagged in and hit Garvin with a left-handed snug clothesline, and that was it. Um, to their credit, I thought the Road Warriors celebrated like this was a huge, huge deal. Uh, and Mrs. Crockett Sr. made her way into the ring along with Bill Watts and Jim Crockett Jr. Um, and Mrs. Crockett said she was delighted to present the first cup to these two champions, the Road Runners. Come on. <laughs> Mrs. Crockett. The Roadrunners. Wow. <laughs> Everyone shook hands and that was it. What did you think of this final? Well, so I'm, I'm ashamed to say, I don't think I've seen this match. Mm. And here's the interesting part. I'm watching this real time on the YouTube version. I'm at three minutes and 51 seconds. And they are not even in the ring yet. And this ends at 355 they cut the final out wow so so uh, we'll uh like i say i'll 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 let it run and we'll stay tuned uh but they may not have this match on here at all that's weird isn't it i wonder what ver i wonder i'm just going to bring the youtube version up as well i wonder what version why why that is like what what's the what's the what's the kind of what's the reason here as to why that's not yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, but you get okay. So you get the um, you get the road warriors at the end. Actually, so the road warriors are now holding a trophy. Yeah. So the but, match, but is, they they don't show the match. They don't they show, show the road the warriors holding a trophy. So what is that? Is that what is that? What is this version of it? What? Oh, this is what I'm thinking. I wonder whether this version is something else, and they don't want to be. I mean, I mean, I would have thought they wouldn't have too much of a problem beating Garvin, but I mean, Magnum doesn't really get too much of a, you know, uh, negative from being the, the tag partner that doesn't take the fall. That's really weird, isn't it? So yeah. they literally Bizarre. cut from the world championship match straight into the Road Warriors having the top, the the the, the um the trophy, which is nice, isn't it? Oh, how how weird, how weird. Yep. I mean, you're not missing too much there, really, but. Yeah, what a bizarre, bizarre thing. So I thought the length of this show um, is such that it really, really would have benefited from having commentary. I think if Bill Watts and Jim Ross or even Joel and Jim were on this, this would have been, I think this would have been pretty fantastic, actually, in terms of the characters, the stories, all that sort of stuff. Um, that all said, um, it was a bit more of a tough, tough watch without that um, and with the production that we've talked about. It was still a really, really fun look down memory lane. Um, and it's really interesting time for both Crockett and Watts. They're not getting on particularly well, but they've come together for this show um, in, in the ever-changing landscape of professional wrestling in North America. And obviously, you know, in time, neither of these companies would be, would be producing wrestling because obviously UWF is sold to Crockett and then Crockett sells to Turner. So these two um, are there at this time, but they just can't quite connect the dots to get their creative where it needs to be in this this hugely important time. And I still think there was enough, you look at the talent, you look at the talent in this show, look at the talent in the WWF at this time, 
look at the talents not on the show. You still got the Von Eriks around, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's lots of, there's definitely, definitely, definitely two minimum two national wrestling promotions that can make a profit. But for whatever reason, Crockett just couldn't quite make it happen when it mattered most. Really, yeah. and I think obviously yeah. UWF was was hampered by the 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 economy in their home markets. But what are your final thoughts on this? Jim Crockett, Senior Memorial Cup, 1986. Well, let me pause you for a second. If you have a second, is it okay? I just yeah. paused that Miss Crockett is coming in. Do we want to listen to a live shot of her <laughs> announcing the Roadrunners? Do you know what? Do, do, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Give me one second. Right. So we've got the, we've got the live. Um, not live. This is not live. Obviously, from 1986. <laughs> I can't see. I can't. Oh, there you are, Terry. He's up in the far right hand corner, and uh, Mrs. Crockett is getting in the ring. So why don't you? Why don't you talk us through what we've got here? Is uh... so. So here we go. Miss Crockett is. Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined by Mrs. Jim Crockett, Senior Jim Crockett, the president of Jim Crockett Promotions. Mr. Bill Watts, the president of the Universal Wrestling Federation. Mrs. Crockett. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and I am delighted to present this first Jim Crockett Memorial Cup to these two champions. Roadrunners. Of course Paul doesn't know what to say, does he? The check for one million dollars. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the winners of the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup, the Road Warriors. So so great, so great. Uh, that is great. All right, so Terry, sign off for me. What do you what do you think of this show overall? Well, like, like you said, there's so much talent. I mean, you know, you throw out a couple a couple of these matches, and and but most of them, I mean, could could be a main event and and hold any card. You know, from 1985 through 87. You know, uh, just just a, a good show. A lot of talent. Uh, some of the finishes are a little iffy because, you know, I guess they had to. There's only so many, you know, when you got so many matches, you can only do so many things. And yeah, but uh, just a just a great show. And, and as I mentioned, I watched it on and off multiple times and I'll probably watch it on and off multiple times for the next 20 years of my life. You know, yeah. just uh, just good stuff. Good stuff. Absolutely, Terry. Thank you so much for the show. We'll we'll, we'll get uh, another date in the diary, and we'll get Phil back on, and we'll do some. Maybe we'll do some UWF episodes, old school, and we'll we'll have a look at some some other stuff. Unless there's any sort of big events that we can cover off, but it's been great fun doing this with you and looking back over history. Uh, we'll be back next week with a regular UWF. We've got a lot of sketchy uh, timeline stuff coming up because there's loads of episodes missing. So. The early summer months of 86 are tricky because there's just the episodes don't exist anymore, unfortunately. So we'll do our best to keep keep going. Uh, but there's a nice little run, I think, in June and July. So perhaps we'll have you back on around that sort of time. But yeah, Terry, it's been great. We'll tweet out your details as ever. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we should speak to you all again very, very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's number one Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments.
Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid south moments.